0: Well, good morning. Our Old Testament reading is from Ezekiel, as found in chapter 36, verse 22 through 37. I will put my spirit within you. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. And I will put within you that I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone. And from your flesh, I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers. And you shall be my people. And I will be your God. And I will deliver you from all your uncleanness, and I will summon the grain and make it abundant, and lay no famine upon you. I will make the fruit of your tree and increase of the field, and and the increase of the field abundant, that you may never again suffer from disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, and you will loathe yourself for your iniquities and your abominations. It is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord God. Let it be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded of your ways, O house of Israel. And our New Testament reading is found in the book of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. And you must be born again. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sounds, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be true? And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you the, you earthly things and you, and you did not believe, How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Amen. Let us go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, this morning as Nick comes to preach your word, Lord, I pray that his words be your words and that our ears would be attentive to them, would take them in, and through your spirit, Lord, would help us to implement these these words into our walk today and throughout the week, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word in the Old Testament and the New Testament that was brought this morning, Lord. We pray that those words also would be borne out in our lives and understood through your spirit, Lord. Lord, we take a little bit of time this morning to pray for the search committee as they've now started to form together and started to function as a team. Lord, we pray for unity among them. We thank you for their commitment and their their desire to want to continue to serve after being on transition or just purely on the search committee, Lord. But there would, we would pray that there would be unity there. And we know that you have the right man already picked out, Lord. So we would pray that they do their great due diligence, looking for your um, will through this whole process, Lord, and again, remain unified. Lord, we uh, thank you so much for the Good News Jail and Prison Ministry, Lord. We thank you so much for Chase's commitment to it, to serving you, to bringing forth your word to those who are no different than us, only their sin has caught them by the law and they are incarcerated. So Lord, we are no different and we know that and we, we uh, confess that now. They need you as much as we need you, Lord. And so we thank you that uh, you have set people apart and called them. And they have answered the call and are in the the, the prison and the jails and um, ministering to these individuals, Lord. And those who have not received the call yet, Lord, we pray pray for them that in your timing, Lord, that they they um, too would come to know who you are, and that would be a great driving force within the minis- in in the jails. Whether their crimes allow them to get out or they don't, Lord, we pray for. Them. So, Lord, we pray all these things. In your Son, Jesus, our Savior's precious name, amen.
1: Well, good morning. All right, well, I invite you to turn back in your Bible to John chapter 3. I invite you to have it open as we look at God's word together. If you're new or if you've been around uh, for a while, we're in the middle of a series called Why Did Jesus Die? And today we're looking at the topic of regeneration And really, when we think about uh, the text that we just heard from Chuck that he read for us, uh, this is a story of when you think you know something, but you don't. I had one such experience. Some of you know that uh, as a younger man, I used to deliver pizzas. And it was a great job. You can listen to music. You can talk on the phone. Uh, Early in my days, though, when I was a pizza delivery driver, I didn't have a phone. So I guess that tells you how old I am. But... (laughs) I'm getting ready to go on this delivery, and I don't know why I did this, but I said to my coworker friend, I said, "Uh, I've got this two liter of Sprite. I bet that I can drink this whole thing by the time I (laughs) go and take this delivery. uh, uh, From what I could tell, it was a longer delivery, so I don't know why I did that. I was (laughs) 19 years old. So I'm driving, and in my mind, I have an idea of where I'm going. Uh, again I didn't have a phone I didn't have GPS usually when you leave you look at the map on the wall and you have a good idea of where you're going so I'm driving and I drive into this neighborhood and I'm looking for the street names I'm looking for the street and I don't see it and then it dawns on me oh no I went to the wrong neighborhood I'm like okay it's on the other side of town so I drive to the other side of town probably 15 minutes you know I'm I'm, I'm drinking my Sprite, but I'm drinking it a little bit more slowly. I'm slowing down. So I'm driving, and I look around this neighborhood, and I still don't see the right street. And I have that sinking feeling like my first impression was wrong. I don't know if you can relate to that, but you think you're on the right track, but you're not. So I drive all the way back to that first neighborhood I got in, still can't find it thankfully, the hospital is right there. I go in. I go to the bathroom. I use the payphone. Again, this is how how long ago this was. I use the payphone, and I call, and my manager says, Nick, where are you? I was about to call the police. What happened to you? And uh, I think by then he had sent someone else with the pizza, so it was like a total uh, futile mission that I was on. But I thought I knew something that I did not, And that's really what is happening in our text this morning. We have this guy, Nicodemus, and he thinks he knows something. And the main message for us today, this morning, is because we live in spiritual darkness and death. That's who we are apart from God's grace. We need God to give us new life. Because we are in darkness and we're dead in our trespasses and sins, that we heard as we heard two weeks ago from Pastor Jerry, from Ephesians 2. We need new life. So let's get right into it. First, verses 1 and 2, when you think you might have Jesus figured out, and I'll just say, maybe you feel like you've figured Jesus out. Maybe you have this idea of who he is, and you have this idea of what he expects of you and the kind of life that he wants you to live, and... Uh, That may be true, that may not be true. So I I invite you to join in this conversation that Jesus has with this guy, Nicodemus. And I guarantee you that you can learn something new about your need before God and about uh, our need for a relationship with Jesus. So when you think you might have Jesus figured out, verse 1, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. We see in verse 1 that Nicodemus is this very important person. We'll learn more about that later on. But it says uh, he has these questions and he has these assumptions about Jesus. And he says, Rabbi, which means teacher. He says, we know. Again, has, has anyone ever come to you and you get the impression that they have figured you out or that they think that you've, they've figured you out? It's not a comfortable situation. You want to be able to share who you are uh, without someone making assumptions about you. But he also mentions these signs. He's saying no one could do this unless God were with him. So he assumes that God is helping him in some way to do these things. The only sign that we've seen so far in the Gospel of John is the the miracle at Cana when Jesus turns the water into wine. It's interesting, though, he mentions signs. So there are other things that he has observed that Jesus did that are pointing to this reality that he is no ordinary person. But back to the idea that he came to him at night. It's been proposed that he came at night to be discreet. Again, if you don't want someone to notice you going somewhere, you go somewhere at night. Uh, A commentator, D.A. Carson, puts it this way and adds, I think, a little bit more context and a little bit more richness to understanding this text. Here's what he said. The best clue lies in John's use of night elsewhere. In each instance, the word is either used metaphorically for moral or spiritual darkness, or if it refers to nighttime hours, it bears the same moral and spiritual symbolism. Doubtless, Nicodemus approached Jesus at night, but his own night was blacker than he knew. So that's what I want us to see, and that's what John, the one who wrote it, this, wants us to see, is that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, and this This background, this detail of the event of that night is portraying something about Nicodemus and about our condition apart from God's grace. So, again, he makes these assumptions about Jesus. He believes that he can judge Jesus. All the things that he said Rabbi, uh, you do these signs, you came from God. All these things are true, but they fall woefully short of who Jesus really is and of what Nicodemus needed to recognize about Jesus in order to have life. So what was it? What did Nicodemus need to see? Well, he needed to see this bombshell. Verse 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, I'm going to stop right there and just think about that. All of the problems that we are able to recognize in our culture, all of the ways that we're able to recognize shortcomings in our own life, how often do we think about being born again? Not just changing our ways, but God literally giving us new life. This is what we need. I think sometimes, brothers and sisters, we're more focused on trying to change people's behavior when first we need to recognize and they need to recognize that new life is needed. God needs to give us new spiritual life. A bombshell is an astonishing news story revealed without warning. Uh, This week, many of us were transfixed with the college entrance scam. Uh, Those of us who grew up in the 80s and the 90s, When we think about Aunt Becky giving sage advice and being kind and gentle, we don't want to think about her as being involved in, uh, you know, helping her daughters get into college by bribing someone. Uh, But that was a bombshell this week. It's proof that there are things going on in the background that we didn't know about. But this is what it was for Nicodemus. There were things that were going on that he did not know about that Jesus, in his love, was telling him about. He says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus is saying, you can't really know who I am and what I am about without regeneration, without new life. John uses the word um, born from above or born again. It's new spiritual life inside the soul of a person that wakes us up And helps us to see that Jesus is no ordinary person, that he is the source of life that we need. Why do we need regeneration? Well, we learned about depravity a few weeks ago. Nicodemus, just as it's darkness and night around him, he has darkness and spiritual dullness within him. He's blind and dull just like us unless we are given new eyes to see Jesus. Nicodemus' response, verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. In verse 3, Jesus mentions, You can't see the kingdom of God without the new birth. Here he says you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Without the new birth. Verse 6: That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born again. What is this kingdom of God that Jesus is speaking of? It's God's saving reign on earth. Back in the Old Testament, it is often spoken about God. The Lord reigns, it says in the Psalms. God is the ruler of all creation by virtue of the fact that he made everything. He is the king. From the very beginning, we are accountable to him. He gives us his law. He commands Adam and Eve uh, to live before him uh, in a godly way. But later on in the Old Testament, we see things narrowing down and focusing on God's reign through David. God promises David that he will have a descendant who will reign forever. And here we see it coming into more focus now. Jesus is this new David who has come and who will reign forever. And those who come to him, those who believe in him, are those who are under God's saving reign. This is what Jesus is revealing as he is preaching and as he is talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus proves Jesus' point by talking nonsense. He talks about an old man being born a second time out of his mother's womb. He doesn't get it. He's proving Jesus' point. But verse 5, he talks about being born of the water and of the Spirit. There have been different interpretations presented in the Christian church. Uh, some have said it perhaps refers to baptism. Some have said it refers to something else. But I think the best explanation is found in the text that Chuck read for us from Ezekiel 36 again later jesus will uh, chastise nicodemus for not knowing that he should have known these things and jesus here is bringing him back to uh, what was already written in the bible in their bible the old testament listen again to what it says in ezekiel 36 just a few verses this is god's promise he says i will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols i will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey all my rules. This is the promise that God had made in the past. Nicodemus should have known this. Verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is Is spirit. In other words, Jesus is saying, regeneration comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not natural. It's supernatural. All of the solutions, all of the ideas that we have uh, for changing our world, you know, many of them are good and many of them are needed, but they can't change the heart. Again, we can point out things that are wrong, but we can't change our own hearts, Jesus is saying, you and I need new life. We need to be awakened. We need to have life before God. It was mentioned earlier, Lydia, in Acts 16. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to the things that Paul was saying, and she believed. And she and her household were baptized. Again, it is God's word that causes this to happen. Verse 7, don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. In other words, this should not be shocking to you. You should know your Old Testament. You are the teacher of Israel. Verse 8, he uses the illustration of the wind. He says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you can understand some of what is happening. You see that something is happening, but you don't know where it comes from. And it is the same way with those who are born of the Spirit. You can see the effects of the wind, but you can't, uh, you don't know where it comes from. He's telling Nicodemus that you need to have this for yourself, to truly know where it comes from, to truly know what I'm about. Yesterday, Phil and I were down in Annapolis again, Uh, witnessing, talking with people, and and we met and talked with a few different people. There was a young man named Andres, and he was from Hungary, and he was sitting there uh, listening as I was preaching, and he came up and talked to us, and he said, thank you so much for preaching. I just want to encourage you guys. He says, I'm involved in church planting back in Hungary, but also in Baltimore, and he, he encouraged us. Uh, but then uh, we talked to another guy, and it seemed like he was just trying to argue with us. Uh, but fascinatingly, uh, even though he left for a while and his friends were, were with him, he came back and talked with Phil for 15 more minutes, and God was working. And then another couple, it was interesting, after Phil preached, they, they did like a little applause. So I thought that was interesting, so I walked over to them, and I said, how are you? And uh, we got to know each other a little bit, and they said, well, we're, we're Jewish, and I said, oh, that's pretty cool. Do you guys go to synagogue? And they said, well, for the holidays and all that. And uh, they were just happy that uh, Phil was up there sharing from the Bible and that he had the courage to do that. Uh, when I wanted to give them some literature, they, they respectfully declined. But it was interesting, just the different responses of the different people. And it's, the, the difference is not that one is smarter than the other. The difference is that God's spirit is at work. God's spirit to recognize Jesus and who he is and as he's being exalted. So when you think you have Jesus figured out, watch out because he might drop a bombshell on you. Does Nicodemus get it yet? Let's look at his response. Verse 9. Nicodemus said to them, to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and we bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. I have told you of earthly things and you do not believe. How can you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. He doesn't get it, but he should. Jesus chastises him as a student of the Bible, as a teacher of God's word to the people, as one who is supposed to be a shepherd, the one who is supposed to be communicating the truth of God's word and pointing these people who are hopeless and struggling. He should have been preaching Ezekiel 36 to them. He should have had that for himself. Verse 11, in other words, he's saying, your assumptions and notions of me show your spiritual blindness and darkness. Again, Nicodemus comes to Jesus, he thinks he knows something, but he doesn't. Verse 13, Jesus essentially says, I'm bringing you knowledge that you need to know, because I'm from heaven. He's saying, I'm from heaven, so I can tell you about these things. And then he says, uh, how will you believe heavenly things, and I'm just talking about earthly things? Uh, One of the commentators spoke about how Nicodemus was probably thinking about this future kingdom. Now, we believe that as Christians, that one day Jesus is going to return and make everything perfect. And when we see him, we will be perfect as he is. But Jesus comes and he says, before the end, I'm going to come and preach grace and truth so that all may believe. He says there is this in-between time between when Jesus comes and when he's going to come the second time. And this is the time when the gospel is preached. And as the gospel is preached, it causes new life to arise in the hearts of those who believe. This is the new life that Nicodemus needs, and this is the new life that you and I need. Again, this earthly thing, I believe, is the new birth. The fact that to enter God's kingdom, to see God's kingdom is to see Jesus, and you need this regeneration. You need new life within you. Jesus says, I'm not going to talk to you about these heavenly things, what it's going to be like in the new heavens and the new earth, if you don't understand this. You need new life, and so do I. Uh, It's like talking to a, a, a stubborn parent or a dense parent, a parent who doesn't know what was going on. Uh, when I was much younger, I was a kid, I was playing Tetris on my game boy, and I was at my grandparents house, and I played, and you know I wasn 't very good at it, but on this particular day, I was able to get very far in the game, and I was all excited. I said, "Grandpa, grandpa, look how many lines I got." And he could tell that I was excited, but he had no reference point. He did not get it. And uh, kids, if your parents aren 't as excited, As you are about a game that you play or a book that you're reading or a TV show that you like, that's okay. They don't get it. It's okay. (laughs) But we've got to get what Jesus is talking about, that we need new life. We need to see ourselves in a position that apart from God's grace, we can't see what he's about. We can know things about Jesus. We can know facts. We can even know Bible verses, but we can't have the new life that he's talking about unless we see him as he is. So we see in verses 14 and 15, the one who came down will be lifted up. Verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Again, Jesus in his kindness gives Nicodemus an example that he's familiar with. He goes back to the book of Numbers 21. God's people, the Israelites, were out there. Even though God had brought them through the Red Sea, even though he had done all these miracles, they were grumbling. They were complaining. They had forgotten what God had done for them. God sent a plague. Moses intercedes. He asks God uh, uh, for help. And God told Moses, make this bronze snake and lift it up. And anybody who who, who sees this bronze snake lifted up, looks to it, Uh, he or she will be healed from uh, these serpents that had bit them. Jesus gives this familiar story, something that Nicodemus would have known, and he relates it to himself. He says, just as the serpent was lifted up, so will I. When Nicodemus sees Jesus' exaltation on the cross, he will see and enter life. He will be born again. And this is a thing that we think we know, but we don't know. We look to a hero who will be exalted, who will be ruling and reigning. That is true. That will happen. But first, Jesus' exaltation happened on the cross. Jesus was lifted up and exalted in what looked like shame, in what looked like defeat. When you can see that, Jesus said, as the ultimate victory, that Jesus was going to take care of our sin on the cross. He was dying so that he could give us life. When we see Jesus as he is, when we believe on him, we have eternal life. 1 John 5, 11. And this is a testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has a son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So I'm finishing up here. 2 Corinthians 13:5 says, "Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that God is in you unless you fail to meet the test? We should not be afraid to do this because God in His love is speaking to you and to me. Do we just have knowledge about the Bible, or do we have new life within us? Do we have a love for Jesus that, that's more than just in our head? Is it in our heart? Again, you should be encouraged that Jesus was even willing to have this conversation with Nicodemus. Again, he took offense, he was confused, although later we see in the gospel that Jesus is bringing him around, and eventually he's willing to stand with Jesus. But you should be encouraged that Jesus had this conversation. It means that he wanted wanted Nicodemus to get it. And he wants you and I to get it, to truly love him, to truly have eyes that are open to be alive. He wants this for the kids. He wants this for the teens. He wants this for all of us that we would truly be changed. In Jesus, we can be a born-again church. People who don't just, uh, I don't know, talk about Jesus, but truly believe in him and have been changed. Again, one way that we can show that we belong to Jesus is when we've messed up, we can confess and repent. We can say, Jesus is my defender. Of course I messed up. That's a reason why we're Christians. It's because we know we're messed up. We know that apart from God, we have nothing, but that God in his grace comes down and gives us new life as we look to Jesus. So brothers and sisters, look to Jesus. Trust in him. Don't be afraid to examine yourself. Be willing to admit that I don't don't have what I need in myself. Look to Jesus. Look to the new life that he provides You will be born again as you look to him in faith. So let's go to him in prayer right now. Jesus, in your love, you tell us that we must be born again, and you are willing to do that for us as we look to you by faith. I pray that we would submit ourselves to you, that we would submit uh, our knowledge and our experience, the connections that we have, that the only connection that would matter is our connection with you. That we would have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, pointing us to Jesus, making us more like Jesus, and making us a community that reflects his love and his kindness and his gentleness. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.